Pasha will buy the rest of the rink with a long shoot-in on Tristan Jari. Eight seconds remain in the game. Pittsburgh will let the time run out. And Jack Campbell comes up with a brilliant effort, stopping 45 of 46 shots for his 23rd victory of this season and his first career win against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jack Campbell, a very, very deserving first star in the Leafs. 4-1 win over the Penguins here. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh peppering the Leafs with 46 shots. Uh, I don't know that it felt like that. Uh, really tidy effort from the Leafs tonight, Gord. Yeah, it really was. And I'll tell you, the biggest play was one that happened rather quietly, the fact that Austin Matthews returned to the ice because uh, I thought we were going to be talking about this and uh, the caveat and the big worry being the Leafs got a nice win. Austin Matthews played great. He just had assisted on uh, Michael Bunting's goal. And then what a weird injury uh, that he had to go off the ice immediately, went right to the dressing room. We couldn't figure, did he get a stick? And he just crashed into the goalpost. Like, he kind of misread it. And I didn't know, like, I thought, don't tell me he wrecked his jaw or yeah. something because, I mean, it's pretty serious when you go straight. So he came back. So that, that was good. That was the only worry I had, to your point, uh, just to Brent, yeah, what a first-time fans in. The building was half full because that's all that's allowed, and they were treated to a great game. That was a really nice hockey game tonight. Yeah, and the, the second time we've had to go through this uh, late-game worry, uh, obviously Matthew's coming back tonight, so uh, so a little little less worry there. But, you know, he took the knee to the back of the head. I think that was in the, the Carolina game right, right before the overtime there. Did not return in that one, but, yes, huge, huge, huge to see him uh, back out there tonight because, you know, Sheldon Keefe can come on post-game and tell us, hey, all good, but until you see him back out there on the ice, it was definitely going to be something that kind of hung over the win. But now... We, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you mentioned how odd a play that was. Matt, it, to me, that just it explains how how time-consuming and mind-consuming can be to defend Sidney Crosby because that's who Matthews was chasing around the goal. Yeah. And I honestly do wonder if it's if it's pretty much any other player does Matthews crash into the net like that because, you know, we these guys know their their spatial understanding out there is, is incredible. They're, they're so aware of how much room they have to operate and just to see anybody do that, it's it's weird, but to see it with Matthews, it was really jarring. Yeah, and to, to describe the play, it's harder to do on radio, of course, but it just, uh, yeah, Crosby going behind the leaf net and uh, Matthews, obviously, I, I like the fact from the opening faceoff, and Austin Matthews scored the fastest goal he ever yep. scored as a Leaf 20 seconds in. But the opening faceoff, it was Crosby against Matthews. I like the best against best, and you know maybe that was part of the challenge there. I maybe was he screened by Campbell, seeing kind of that stanchion where the crossbar meets the post, and he just flat went into it. It's kind of like what you you wince when your kids are running around and <laughs> and that. And I mean, we could you know we can uh, chuckle to a degree now because. Yeah, but it was just strange, strange one. But uh, came back and, uh, you know, the Penguins did put on. They had some scoring chances. That's why Jack Campbell was the first star tonight. Again, when you get excellent goaltending, uh, what a, what an easy game it is to play or what an easier game it is to play. But Morgan Riley, his goal kind of say, okay, that's the guy that scored 20 goals. That's the kind of play that can put him in the Norris division, Norris trophy talk, uh, you know, to a degree. And I'm I'm really big on Morgan Riley. And I, I, I like seeing those kind of plays. I like seeing that kind of confidence. There's just so many positives from a Leaf point of view. Yeah, confidence is the thing that jumps out to me. Riley, tremendous on, on his own goal, tremendous on setting up David Camp for, for his goal. That And I, hey, while well, I'm throwing around, accolades tremendous job by the ref uh not blowing that one off uh, you know with the with the net 
going off its moorings there, it would have been easy to say, well, the puck hadn't crossed the line yet. But, you know, we all knew what was happening there. So, so yeah, great, great job by the official. But Morgan Riley, just so much jump, so much confidence tonight. And confidence is the, the big buzzword that kind of jumps out to me after this game. How many times when we're sitting here watching it, was it just – Cycle, cycle, building, building, hold on to the puck, hold on to the puck, make a controlled pass across the zone. It is such a good sign of how well you're rolling in the offensive zone when you're able to have line changes and maintain possession, and that was happening a ton tonight. Yeah, for the Penguins, their caveats here, their their, their sweet spot seemed to be pulling the goaltender <laughs> for a delayed penalty twice. They seem to have the puck for about a buck thirty. But to your point about the Leafs, like you don't see that very often. You're literally, you know, cycling in the team zone, passing it around in the opposing team zone. Then, especially in the second period, it would have been when you have the far change and you see Leafs kind of going off one by one, and they and then you get total fresh troops out there and Pittsburgh's hemmed in. So that's that's the extent that the Leafs were controlling the play. You know, we talk about D as well. We know we know that Rasmus Sandin was elevated to the top four and and. Uh, and Justin Hall, in a way, I say demoted, I don't want to use that term, but kind of shuffled. And uh, like the way they all played tonight. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I mean, there were chances. There were chances against Jack Campbell. Loved the way he played, but also just uh, a good structured team defensive game. And, you know, one of the, uh, it's when, when it's the keys to victory, you can say it pretty well every game, but just to try to develop some consistent, really good habits the rest of the way. It's not like you're saying, oh, great, like the Winnipeg Jets right now. Nice win, but they're still 10 points behind, you know, one team for fourth place. And y'all, so that becomes a whole different animal. But right now, you're you're in a good lane there. It's not, you don't cruise control, but really it's just the kind of race that you can run at an okay pace for all four teams in the Atlantic Division, and you're you're in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think I think the interesting thing with Sandine, like he, he was the guy I kind of most had my eye on tonight because he was being asked to do the thing kind of most out of the ordinary for him. You know, we always talk about how tough it is for a guy to kind of flip over and, and play his offside. And, you know, I guess the one thing with Sandine is I didn't feel like there were a ton of plays tonight where he had to kind of on a quick, tight play, keep the puck in at the blue line. I guess that's where it would really kind of jump out with him playing his offside. But, I mean, you know, Jake Muzzin, you look at the type of defenseman he is, and if, if Rasmus Sandin was right-handed, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because it'd be so obvious. They they seem to complement each other really well. You have a guy who is a more kind of steady, stay-at-home type in Muzzin, and then Sandin, the, the way he can snap the puck around, the way he can kind of control the offense from, from the blue line, it feels like they should work together. It's just a matter matter of those kind of tight plays at the blue line and I think I think you kind of need a longer track record bef- where you see Sandine have a chance to make those plays because it just felt like there weren't a ton of them tonight no and it's you know for the first time they really seem to have four lines humming uh, they'd had two before and there's been sort of interchangeable third line and you know last year Joe Thornton kind of made it was symbolic of having to move things around quite a bit to fit him in that, and I and I, I do I say that with no in no uh, detriment, no negative about him at all. But just it's and you know Wayne Simmons on that line, just some physicality and a presence and being around, and Jason Spezza with his role. It's uh, uh, the the lines right now, and of course they're healthy, uh, are are really flowing, and that's what you want to try to get from the def- defensive pairs as we wind down to the playoffs. Yeah, and and. 
the the four lines kind of kind of rolling there. It's exactly that that you know when you're when you're linking cycle after cycle and you're able to change while maintaining possession in the offensive zone. That happens sometimes because you have two lines that are rolling. But it felt like now I'm not going to say the skill plays were as obvious or the skill plays pop as much a little lower in the lineup. But how many times was it Engvall and or or Camp and Kasha kind of running around there? Simmons, you mentioned him keeping the cycle going. I. I'm not again. I'm not going to say I loved it just as much as what you got out of the top two lines tonight. But if your third and fourth lines are going to look like that in the playoffs, that's a matchup problem for a lot of teams. And, and let's go from that to the top and seeing Austin Matthews in person because uh, he's it's been a while. It's been a while, and you really get you know. I feel like I'm watching Sidney Crosby 15 years ago. Like uh, Austin Matthews is the better player than Sidney Crosby tonight. Uh, probably most times they play now, and that's yep. just kind of uh, Alexander Ovechkin seems to have defied age a little better than Sidney <laughs> right. Crosby, but Sidney Crosby certainly is still as an elite player in the NHL, but just Austin Matthews' dominance. I mean, they're different players to a degree, but they're they're not they're they're the same in that they're superstar players, uh, a term you don't throw around so often. And and uh, boy oh boy, you're really you know, and, and to be going head to head, I really did enjoy that. But Austin Matthews has has that has that it factor every time he's on the ice. Yeah, he does. He He's he's remarkable. You know, he scores the goal 21 seconds in. That's the highlight play of anybody else's game. And not to say it wasn't out of him, but, you know, he makes a great little touch pass to Michael Bunting on, on his goal. We talk about the cycle. You know, when you have a centerman who's 6'3", 220, who can kind of roll around in the offensive zone the way Matthews does, that, you know, again, he's a player who dominates off the rush, but he can be just as effective kind of through the cycle. You know, I, I mentioned the the little touch pass he made to Bunting on on Bunting's goal, you know you're you're gonna roll your eyes, you're gonna laugh me a little no. bit, but I gotta mention it. That's a goal scorer's goal. That was a real nice oh. touch play by. Oh, did oh. I go too oh, far? Oh gosh, yeah, that was a far. goal scorer's goal. That was a very <laughs> that was a very nice goal by Bunting. No, you know I've I've said all along I kid you about it, but Bunting, I don't know what happened. Well, with the Arizona Coyotes, he he, he was an unrestricted free agent, so. Uh, maybe they offered him something. I don't know. He's not playing for a ton of money with the Leafs, but he was scoring at a really good clip with him. So, no, but that whole goal, Mitch Marner, what a great start to it. And then Austin Matthews, you know, he, Bunting's not going to be on many lines to get a pass like that, like the feathered <laughs> Austin Matthews pass over a defender stick, then Michael Bunting putting away. Uh, I will give you that. And then it was just the next shift after when Matthews got hurt. And you're thinking, wow, they're just announcing that goal, and what a great goal, and what a great game he's having, and what a nice you know, team win this is going to be. And, oh, my God, what a horrible injury this would be. But, uh, uh, yeah, Bunting, uh, that's Nick Ritchie's spot, right? That's right. That's Nick Ritchie's spot. And it just shows that uh, the uh, best laid plans can often go awry. And uh, certainly, you know, Bunting, Camp, and Kasia, we were waiting to see what they could do. We felt Nick Ritchie was the, the jewel. And instead, the other three have, have found niches, and Nick Ritchie hasn't. And Bunting has, has deservedly found one with Matthews and Marner. Yeah, maybe Nick Ritchie finding his uh, his niche with the Marlies. Popped a power play goal uh, yesterday for them. So we'll see uh, We'll see what happens down there. But, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, I echo everything there with Bunting. And then, you know, I have to add him getting into it with the entirety of the Penguins bench. Uh, cannot wait to see that guy in a playoff series. And something tells me the Leafs will be playing in one this year. They are 4-1 winners at home tonight over the Penguins. Leafs Nation postgame will continue with me, Brent Gunning, and Gord Stellick alongside me. Keep listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Network.
The Leafs are 4-1 winners at home tonight over the Penguins. 4-1 is your final. Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, David Camp, and Scarborough's finest. Michael Bunting are your goal scorers tonight. Uh, we talked a lot about the power play, how effective it was. We talked about this team uh, on 5-on-5. Five five. One element that we haven't really talked about yet is the uh, the penalty kill. I saw some people calling it the power kill uh, on Twitter. Man, uh, it, it certainly looked like it tonight, Gord. That that unit, you know, early on when the Leafs had a power play and the Penguins were pressuring them, and we know the Penguins have a great uh, pe- shoot, penalty kill unit there, against great penalty kills, you can't bobble the puck for a second, and that's what the Leafs were doing tonight. It just felt like any pass that wasn't perfectly crisp, wasn't right on the tape, a Leaf was getting a stick on it, and next thing you know, it was right down the ice. Yeah, and there, and there was just this kind of, when they wired it behind the net, the uh, uh, awareness, so so we're talking the PK, and we're yes. talking the PK now, so yeah, and and uh, there was the one time they got kind of a little bit of the yips there, Travis Dermott and, yes. and uh, <laughs> company and that, that was just a brief slip, but yeah, they had some confident rushes, they had a two-on-one in one case, and otherwise it was get get the open player, and get them down, and when everything's slowing, you're you're like you're literally having 30 second shifts from the PK. You know, guys come out twice. You know, go 30 seconds, rest 30 seconds, come back. I mean, you know, that's ideal when you can send them out just at, the, at being able to go to that frantic pace, and they were able to do that tonight. Yeah, and I think I think the other kind of important, or maybe not important, but interesting thing out of that is that Jake Bonson and Justin Hall are, are still paired together on the PK. You know, you. He gets demoted, if you want to call it that, to the third pair. But Justin Hall is still going to be a very important player for for this team. So long as it's him who's in that spot, this is still a guy they rely on to kill penalties. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've always loved his five-on-five game this year. But in terms of, you know, with – down a man, Hall is still very valuable in that aspect of the game. Yeah, I remember Hal Gill. I know that's years ago, but coming over, and he had the long reach, but just yep. being a good PK defenseman, it's nice. They're kind of underrated by the fans about being, because your number one penalty killer is generally your goaltender, and it goes from there, but uh, uh, it's not like there's no role. It just You're going to need all the D, and if, uh, uh, if injuries creep in, which they tend to, you're really going to need uh, depth from the D, and Justin Hall is going to be one of those guys. Yeah, uh, Travis Dermott, another one of those. You mentioned it. There were two or three moments. Felt like Travis Dermott was pinned to the glass for about a minute and a half straight in the third period a couple of times. Uh, I don't know when that changed. It feels like refs are really adamant about let's keep the play going. I don't want to blow this puck dead. I do not want to call a face or have to have a face off here. And it's just funny how that's that's changed because it felt like, I don't know, half a decade ago even uh, refs would – Real quick, just blow that thing down. It's it's a little surprising to me. Yeah, that was to be the the move in in your day to kind of get a delay was to right. put the skate and let them go away. But somewhere, somewhere that's gone for a while. It looks like a kind of a rugby scrum, it does, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, looks like a looks like a rugby scrum uh, uh, there. And and Dermot, you know, say say what you will about him. I think the fact that a guy can get leaned on for a minute and a half like that, and not give up possession of the puck. You know, I I'm not going to sit here and tell you that makes him a top four defenseman or anything like that. But I think it does tell you a little something about the guy yeah no absolutely absolutely still still need to add a depth d or two and there's cap challenges there but again that's stuff kyle dubas and his staff are working off the ice all you could do and on the ice is again like it's just uh the good and the bad because like i i think of pittsburgh and it was that 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 playoff race to get in the playoffs that first year they played washington and we can it came down to the final weekend of the season and all that excitement and it looked like pittsburgh was going to win the saturday game then they would play a rare weird Sunday night home game against Columbus, which they ended up losing. So the Saturday night game, it was a godsend. They got the win, and it was Curtis McElhaney making that huge save off Sidney Crosby. And the point I mean, Brand, is just that there's – 
I don't say it's better that is it is it better that you've you're you're it's dicey to make the playoffs and and uh, there's this sense of relief and satisfaction when you do versus the expectation you're going to be in the playoff, which is uh, very very real now because of the way they played and then. And then seeing what happens, but I don't care. Whatever it is, yeah, oh. whatever it is. Uh, get to game eighty-three, and then um, feel free to win sixteen. Uh, after that, I would I would happily uh, sign up for that uh, right right now. Uh, there isn't going to be a world where this team is scratching and clawing to get into the playoffs. Scratching and clawing for positioning, yes. Scratching and clawing for home ice against the team with claws in in the Florida Panthers. That's that's definitely in, entirely in play, but. You know, I think the good thing going for this team is, you know, last year we talked about it so much. Is there a malaise? Is there a malaise around this? The North Division, you're seeing the same teams over and over again. One, you're going to have those three games against Florida so late in the year that any any amount of lull or going through the motions, that's going to completely wake you up out of it. And then I think the fact that there are still questions about this team not in terms of are they a talented team not in terms of are they a top 10 team yes we know they're all of those things but there are still going to be questions about what does the d look like is rasmus sandin in your top four like there's enough things to figure out between now and the end of the season that i don't think we have to worry about that kind of malaise creeping in no and and you need your big talent to play like they have tonight but then also uh, you we've we said with uh, certainly with sheldon keefe uh, other ideas again will be repetitive, but that's what it comes down to: more depth, more depth lines that he could could, could play that style in the playoffs, which you know didn't happen. They kind of kept going uh, again. It all goes back to that Montreal series, but kept going back to the drawing board. Same line, same line, elite line plays like 24 minutes, not getting anything done. They're up against Philip Deneau and others like that all the time. And and uh, anyway, uh, that's something something uh, we believe and they believe they've learned from. We, uh, we talk about the depth of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I'm going to talk about the depth of Leaf Nation postgame here. You know, our buddy, it's been so long since we've had him on. You know, I know he's a big star on, on Real <laughs> Kipper and Bourne, but it's been so long since we've had him on our show, producer Sam McKee. Sammy, we're thrilled. We're all happy to be back here tonight. Just your thoughts on tonight's game. Yeah, uh, so happy to be back. Just get to come back, see Sid in the flesh. Just It's a treat when anytime you can really see is. a legend like that. So. Really great. Uh, is Dutchie telling me that Keith's going to come up here right as I'm talking here? I just, oh, no, we're all good. Um, I Since the last – what was the last game we were at? I'm December 11th. December 11th, yeah. Who they yeah. play? I can't remember. Uh, an opponent. Okay, good. They were wearing jerseys. There's a, a team color. in the yeah. NHL. It'll okay. shock you. The other team was wearing white. Okay. So, <laughs> we're, have Matthews and Marner gone to a different level since, since that game, the last time we saw them live? Because, boy, Marner especially is just – seems to be whenever the puck is around and he's on the ice, he has it on his stick. It, whether it be on the penalty kill, whether it be on the power play, whether it be at even strength, his involvement level, his usage rate, I guess if you're going to steal an NBA term, the amount of time with the puck on his stick is unbelievable. And the reads he makes, the little stick lifts, the pokes, the, the backhand passes, everything he's doing right now, I – I've got to say, he's got to be in the top 10 players in the league right now in terms of just how hot and how well he's playing. I'm just, I'm blown away by how good he has been. Was it Colorado they were playing? No, it was, uh, I pulled it up. It was a, the Chicago game. It was a 5-4 win over uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, Hawks Colorado was maybe the one before that. I, I don't know when, Mar- like, Marner went on that streak, Sam, yeah. uh, as we know, the consecutive goal streak. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, that's what uh, I've I've noticed. Like, I've just, Austin, like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, to me, are in two different classes, and Mitch Marner's class is still uh, an excellent class. Austin Matthews is a superstar now. And Mitch Marner hadn't seen as much of those twice-a-game rushes or plays that usually take you out of your seat, 
and have really seen a lot of that the last six weeks. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been great to see. Yeah, two things Two things about your comments about Marner jump out to me there. First things first, you've been hanging out with Nick Kiprios a I ton know. lately. That's I how I, that is the first thing I can tell. I but know. the second is, you're right. He's so dominant right now. Whatever whatever it is you want in a hockey player. Do you want a guy with excellent vision who can make others around him better? Got it. Check. We always knocked his goal scoring. Um, He's been doing that in spades lately. Check. Would you like a guy who can kind of be the anchor of your penalty kill at times? And power play. Check. Oh, power play as well. Yes. Check, check, check. And look, there have been issues with this player in this market. But all the stuff that you've not liked in the past... It's not there at all right now. Yeah. This is a player. There, there is no such thing as a perfect hockey player, just like there's no such thing as somebody who's perfect at, at any job. But the way he's going right now, he is never going to wake up and be 6'2", 220. But outside of that, outside of that, there is nothing more that you could possibly ask for in, in, in what he's giving and you. The, and by the, the way, the issues are just social media. Yep. There's been no issues, okay? Yep. Like, you know, the, the issue is they haven't done it in the playoffs the last two years, That's and he's it. been a big part of it. And uh, that... So uh, I I just I just think I don't know I remember Kyle Dubas after the Columbus series just said I'm I'm so ticked off about where all this criticism for Mitch Marner I kept thinking like I don't know who's criticizing him you got to love him as a player you're 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 just angry Leaf fans are just pissed about what happened against Columbus and happened again against Montreal so I mean no you 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 know I the average fan and he's the, the smaller player too which which fans love always so my other big takeaway from tonight is. That- uh, a line that I haven't seen formed in person was Kasha, Mikheyev, and Camp, and just the sheer amount of man on the ice <laughs> with those three guys. You know, Camp is a huge down the middle presence. Mikheyev's flying around out there. Kasha's making great reads. They really do take up a lot of the ice, make a lot of great reads on defense, and they they, they transition the puck pretty well. They're not they don't have the best touch in the offensive zone, I wouldn't say. Oh, and here we go. Let's throw to Sheldon Keefe. How's that sound? Let's do it. Love that we started fast. You know, it's anytime you can be playing with a lead for 59 minutes or whatever it was, it's a good thing. Uh, and then obviously the special teams was just uh, really good again tonight. And, and we, it needed to be. We talked about it before the game. I mean, that this team on both sides of it, power play, penalty kill, is going to challenge us as well or better than anybody we've seen in quite a while. And the guys were excellent today. I, both you know, on the power play that we had, we, we didn't score early. I thought we were able to get some looks or moving the puck through their pressure pretty well. And then big-time goal by Morgan, a uh, huge goal for us. But then the penalty kill in that second period, I mean, the game can change dramatically if we don't get it done there. Not only do we get it done and get out of it clean, but a huge shorthanded goal again. So I uh, love those those parts of it, uh, and then Jack Campbell was just outstanding in the net. Last season, the PK, I think, was 24th or definitely towards the bottom. Now you're in top five. How much of that is seen? How much of it is personnel? How much, what, what do you attribute it to? I think there's a bunch of things there. Dean, without question, has brought a lot uh, to our group. You know, uh, fresh eyes, fresh, fresh system. Um, He's got the guys prepared and does a really good job of that. We had a lot of confidence in our penalty kill coming into the season that it would be better. You know, we, we looked at it and we thought, as we looked at all the things happening under, you know, underlying with the stats and all that, that there was a lot of st- good things happening with our penalty kill that gave us reason for optimism. In, in particular with Jack Campbell, I think we've I've talked about this before, where 
we were over 90% in the games which Jack Campbell played last season, which would have had us number one in the NHL. Um, so that is a big part of it too. David Camp's arrival was a huge part of it. And then just more confidence as a group, you know, with guys like Alex Kerfoot is just taking another big step. Billy Mikheyev taking another big step. Kasha's addition, all those kind of things. Our defense is pretty much the same, you know, but uh, I think all those things combined and then just confidence. You know, the guys don't get rattled. We'll be taking penalties tonight and guys just go over the boards and bit very businesslike and get the job done. So it's great, but uh, it, the penalty kill is a, like the power play is one of those things. You've you got to stay with it because it can get away on you if you don't. You know, we had a tough, I want to say it's de- December. I think we had a pretty tough month on the PK, but um, we're really rolling right now. The confidence is high. Uh, awesome part of that well he's got some wounds uh from but he obviously came back for a shift and he was fine to continue i i, I just chose not to play his line beyond that one shift that he had when he came back so as far as i know he'll be fine he's just getting some some further repairs Nine good points to form now. I mean, he's been pretty dark consistent all year long but have you noticed an uptick in any area of this game over this past stretch that's led to this? I missed you who you were asking about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say nothing or anything has stand out, uh, stood out. Excuse me. Um, he's a great player. I mean, I love you. He, he read that situation on his first goal today. Obviously, he's the center. A lot of times he's the first guy back. We had support there. He created a turnover, and he reads it and jumps by. A big-time finish um, on that, and then... They made a huge goal in response to in the third period here tonight, you know, given we give one up and then uh, to come back and, and um, just great play, first of all, by Mitch. Blocks a shot, fights through. His, his, you know, his arm was sore there and just keeps playing, makes a play, and then a big-time play by, Matt, by Matty and great finish. So that's a huge goal for us, and that's what we've come to expect from those guys. Uh, I wouldn't say anything in particular stands out about Austin. At this point, you've just come to expect great things, and he's delivering. Coming off the West Coast swim and all that travels, how much does that goal kind of set the tone and get everyone in early? Yeah, yeah, it's a great point, huge. <clears throat> I think that's – it's not easy to come back from that trip. You know, it's been uh, – it, it, it's tough. You know, I think yesterday in practice, we had a lot of guys that were still feeling it and haven't had a great night's sleep since. And um, – can be a challenge. You got a good team coming in here. But we did want to set the tone being back at home ice and we got some fans back in the building. There's lots of reasons for us to come out and, and get off to a good start. Um, when you're talking about getting off to a good start, you're not necessarily expecting to score like that, but you just want to set the, set the tone in the game and really get your legs moving. But you know, for our best people to just step, step up like that and, and give us that kind of start was, was nice. Got the fans into it right away and, and didn't trail, be, you know, uh, at all in the hockey game. So that's a really positive thing against a good team and responded well to the special teams, all of that. So, yeah, it was a great start for us here, and it's it's nice to come back with our with the fans back in the building and give them a good win here tonight. What do you think as uh, Morgan's picking up steam on that rush? Loved his initiative to recognize the situation. You know, they were doing a good job there. Of, you know, they're underneath the drop, and and he had some space, and you know, he's got green light to go. When that is the case, and he has the the legs to be able to jump into space, so he he I love that he he recognized the opportunity and then took the initiative to just go and take it himself and and want to finish on the shot too. So uh, great goal at a very important time in the game. 
Yeah, I thought they did a good job. Um, had to watch it back. There's a lot of detail inside of it for defense that you got to really watch and see how that went. But you know, I thought there were some times here tonight. I thought we gave up the neutral zone a little bit too too easily. Just a lot of stuff coming at us on the rush again, and that team is as good as anybody in the league coming from their own end uh, to your to your net. Uh, they made it hard on us at times, but I thought there were some good things there. Um, Muzz and, and Sandy together, you know, they don't have a lot of time playing together, and I thought they didn't have a practice. You know, we just kind of put that together today, and uh, I thought they, you know, they thought they did a good job. I thought Justin Hall had a good game here today, and Dermot hasn't played in a while, but stepped in, gave us good minutes. So, uh, and there's times, you know, because of Hall's presence there, you know, Dean was trusting him, putting him out against whether it's Brosby or Malkin, and that's a, a, that's a good thing to have. To have the ability to play. You know, all three pairs in those situations, and of course, having the lead help their cause there too. With so many teams looking for the drop pass on the power play zone entry. Do you think that that opening that, that Morgan took? Do you think it's open more often, and guys just don't do it? Um. Yes and no. I mean, yet yes, there's opportunities. I think for the defenseman to skate more frequently. Uh, it's usually not that open to jump in a hole and get in behind. Their defenseman made a mistake. On that, he got too wide and opened up too too big a hole, and and we jumped in. I think they weren't necessarily expecting Morgan to go. Uh, in that case, uh, the way the league works, when we play the next game, if Morgan tried the same thing, he's going to get jammed up, and there's not going to be a whole lot of space there. That's just the way the league, the way the league is. But uh, sometimes the defenseman can skate in that case, and and it works like it did today. Sometimes he can skate, and because a lot of his supports behind him, and the other guys are standing still at the line. It can be a challenge for you after you enter. You can end up being an even-man situation. You've lost your advantage. So that's why I think you don't see it more frequently. But like I said, at times teams make a mistake. Maybe they sleep on it. It's not something we do all that frequently. So they wouldn't have been prepared for it. And that's why you have your best people on the power play because they've got to be able to read those situations and improvise. Why did you think now was the right time to give Rasmus the look that you did tonight? Without the practice, the yeah, well, it's just it was a combination of things. Obviously, with uh, the Brooks and Lilligren situation, we you know we knew we were going going to be removing Lilligren from the lineup, uh, so it created uh, a hole for us on the right side. It was either going to be Dermot or Sandin that were going to play on the right side for us, and we just thought it was a good chance to get a look at something we haven't seen with Lilligren out of the lineup. Um, also thought putting Hall on a on a different pair from Muzzin was something that we wanted to do and continue with that from how we finished uh, out in Seattle. So it just kind of made sense for us that way. And Erasmus, I think, is fairly comfortable in playing his offside, though he hasn't had a lot of experience at this level. He's done it previously, and he's a pretty confident guy. And no matter where you put him, he's he's good with it. Is there a part of the Jack's game tonight that, that really stood out to you? Yeah, he, to me, he just... I mean, he's been he's been outstanding for us all season, but um, I just thought today he was maybe as calm and poised as he's looked uh, all season. Uh, and I thought we defended pretty well, but at times, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening in tight. But even the difficult saves, I thought he looked he made look easy tonight, and that was really really good. It made the coach feel very comfortable on the bench today. He just looked calm, seemed like he was tracking things very well. Anytime it seemed like there was a dangerous shot coming. It, by the time it hit him, it, it just settled, and it seemed like it was it was easy the way he was seeing it. It's tough 
you know, it's unfortunate that he gave up the, or that we gave up the goal because we didn't do a good job on that. It's a tap-in at the, at the post, but he deserved a shutout tonight. I thought he was, thought he was excellent. It's, it's, it's hard to say because he's been so good, but behind the bench, he felt as, as good as he's looked all season. Well, Michael Bunting, I think that he's rookie, all rookie in scoring. Does it feel like he's a rookie? Uh, no, it doesn't because, of the, you know, the, the role that he plays on our team. I mean, he's, he's so involved. I don't, I don't think of it that way. But, you know, when questions such as that come up or you happen to see it, being mentioned, or if you take a step back, you do think this is a guy that, you know, I, I don't even know if he's played against every team in the league yet, you know. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he hasn't been around that long. You know, he's an older guy, spent a lot of time in the American League, obviously, but I think the more comfortable and confident that he gets, not that he's not comfortable or confident, because he is, but he's going to get even even more of that and He's got a lot of uh, swagger about him. He's got a chip on his shoulder, um, and, I, and that's not going away, rookie or not. That's going to be a part of who he is. But the more confident he gets and comfortable in the league and picks his spots, uh, I think we think he's just going to continue to get better. And he's, he's really found a nice um, – he's really just, just fit in very well with Austin uh, in particular. And then with Mitch, it just completes the line. Not going away. I wasn't sure if Sheldon Keefe was talking about himself or Michael Bunting there. Uh, hearing from Sheldon Keefe, a happy, happy camper after the Leafs 4-1 win over the Penguins. We'll have a little more to wrap up here on Leaf Station postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Keep listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. is the final here at Scotiabank Arena. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me wrapping up a Leafs win at home. Gordo, thrilled to be back here at Scotiabank. Great to be back here. Looking forward to be back here in two nights' time against the St. Louis Blues. You know, the last minute of play, they played the legendary Paul Morris tape. Do you remember Paul Morris from Maple Leaf Gardens days? And uh, so they played like that distinctive last minute of play. Well, all I can say is he would sign off for the night and his last statement would be, please walk or drive safely. (laughs) So probably very apropos with the Paul Morris tape that tonight we leave, we come back Saturday, but you guys as well and everybody out there, please walk and drive safely. God well, bless you, Paul. Well said, well said, Gordo. That's why you're here, to, to tie in the history. And uh, let's be honest, give us some great analysis along the way. Uh, 4-1 is the final. Leafs back at it here on Saturday. We'll be here. We'll have the game for you right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Can't wait to talk to you then. <laughs>